Aliens Explored is a podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Most of us are already familiar with the very famous 1947 Roswell UFO incident where a flying saucer allegedly crashed and was recovered by the military. But a new documentary on Discovery Plus called Roswell, The Final Verdict looks to explore the incident in even more detail. Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored as we have an exclusive interview with the star of Roswell, The Final Verdict, Marcus Churchill, who plays the instrumental character Major Jesse Marcel. Hello listeners and welcome back to Aliens Explored, your weekly look at the mysterious skies and whatever mysterious things they leave behind on the ground or at the bottom of the sea. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. Hello, Neil. And we've got a, we've got a special treat for our listeners this week, haven't we, Stu? Um, where we've got a, a live, well, not live, <laughs> but we've got a, an interview with uh, Marcus Churchill, regarding um, his role in a new documentary series called Roswell, The Final Verdict. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to um, um, to our tra- So, well, actually, we've had the chat. <laughs> Let's not yeah. lie to our listeners. We've had the chat. We're now introducing the chat. Um, but it was, it was lovely to catch up with Marcus again. Marcus, I know Marcus personally, having worked with him mm. um, on set. But, uh, yeah, really, it's such a nice chap. He's really yeah, nice. That's how chat. he struck me too. <laughs> he genuinely, genuinely yeah. is, and uh, and really interesting um, as well. What he had to say from his his perspective about the whole Roswell thing. Um, it's probably worth mentioning who is playing in advance, isn't it? Yes. Um, so it's Major Jesse Marcel who. Uh, was one of the first people on site after the uh, the very famous Roswell incident where the, uh, the a flying saucer allegedly crashed, um, and that. So, listeners, if you cast your mind back to the photos that you saw of the time, there is one where a guy is crouched down and he is holding up material allegedly from the crash. Um, that is Jesse Marcel, Major Jesse Marcel. This is who Marcus plays. Uh, so a really instrumental person in the whole Roswell incident. Um, mm. Neil, had you heard of um, Jesse Marcel before? Um, I, mean, I think I've probably... Uh, yeah, I've certainly heard of Roswell, and I've probably um, skimmed across the name, but not attracted, not attached too much significance to it. I think most of the... Um, most most writings about Roswell are whether it, it happened or not, or whether whether it was actually another worldly visitation, or whether it was as the Air Force initially. Well, initially they said they they it was a crash saucer shaped object, which they quickly revised to say, oh no, it was it was a it was a weather balloon. 
Yes, yes, the famous retraction there. Because as we all know, when balloons come down, they come down hard and shatter. Mm. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> and leave bodies strewn about the place. Yes, alien bodies. Alien yes. bodies, let's, let's be accurate. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, let's let's go over to the interview with Marcus um, and... Uh, and yeah, do enjoy listeners. Uh, he's there. He's just a nice chap to talk to. Uh, so, hello, Marcus Churchill. Thank you very, very much for joining us today. Very excited. It's been it's been a little while since it's we've been spoken, quite a it? few years. Yes, and that, that fateful day in a very nice pub somewhere in the uh, Herefordshire countryside. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it was, uh... Yes. Yeah. That. Well. That. That was the first one. The second one was a freezing cold church in the Sounds middle of nowhere. Very likely. Sounds very likely. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. You're going to stop meeting like this. It's <laughs> a small world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, for, <laughs> just just for your, just for your personal health and comfort, really. Uh, for Neil's benefit and for the benefit of our listeners, um, Marcus and I we worked on a, a film together a few years ago, Wuthering Heights, which we're very much looking forward to seeing. Oh. Aren't we? Yes, which is not currently available to view. And Soon, yet, not they're yet. working on it. So well, it was a really good, a really nice experience as well. I had a, on loads it. of fun on that shoot. Really, really nice atmosphere on the set. Oh, Elsa is absolutely yeah. lovely. The director, writer, mm. producer. Everything. Literally um, everything. She did everything, I think, <laughs> yes. behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about today, though, is it? Um, you, you've recently done uh, an, an amazing uh, documentary for Discovery Plus, uh, Roswell, The Final mm-hmm. Verdict. Uh, talking about the famous UFO crash. Um, so do you want to tell our listeners the character you played? First yes, well, I, uh, I, was, um, I was called in to play the uh, character, well, I say character, um, the actual uh, person was um, Major Jesse Marcel, who was uh, a US Army intelligence officer, I believe 509th Division, um, and he was the first official uh, on the, on, at, at the scene of the crash site. Um, there was a, a rancher named Mac Brazel who uh, woke up one morning to find all this debris all over his uh, all over his property, uh, and he called in. Uh, he went to the local sheriff, who then called the army, and uh, Jesse Marcel was the first man on the scene, the first person to actually inspect the debris. So he was um, he was there from day one, basically. That's where it all sort of started. Quite an integral part of the of the entire sort of conspiracy story. Excellent, and uh, and of course, I would imagine most of our listeners are familiar with the Roswell um, incident. Yes, it's, it's, it's the daddy of all. I would hope. Um, UFO <laughs> stories, isn't it? Really, uh, absolutely. Um, yes, the um, the incident has been described. This is on Wikipedia. <laughs> been described as the world's most famous, most exhaustively investigated. And most thoroughly debunked UFO claim. So, um, oh, Wikipedia, uh, that famous font uh, of all yes, accurate uh, knowledge. Absolutely, on every issue. yeah, that's the one. Um, 
Absolutely. Conspiracy theories about the event nevertheless persist and the Roswell incident continues to be of interest in popular media, which uh, I guess by that they, they mean you, Marcus. So, so my first question was, is, did, did you actually have any personal interest in the Roswell incident before you started working on this pros- on this project? It's Well, it's, it's the sort of thing that everybody has heard of. Everyone is aware of the Roswell. Uh, they call it an incident. Mm which I find really interesting. It's always referred to as an incident rather than a, um, an occurrence or a happening or, you know, it, it's always sort of alluded to that it's definitely there, but in the same sentence, it's always alluded to that it, it's mm. a load of rubbish. Um, so it's always sort of been in my, in my conscience. I, mm. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say I was particularly interested. I, you know, you always sort of keep half an eye on things like that. I mean, it's been in popular culture for so long mm. um, that I don't think you can help but already kind of have an opinion on it i think because of all the things that have been in the in the media over mm. the years and various sort of um fictional tv series and things like that have been in the uh, in the public eye as well um but as for a personal interest I'm, i wouldn't say i had a personal interest probably more just a an awareness of it happening right. that's that's cool um and what about um, Jesse Marcel himself? Now, um, I, again, most of our listeners will probably be very familiar with him. They'll they'll know he 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 dragged his son out and showed him the material and said, "You're never going to see this again in your life." And they'll they'll know he. I mean, famously into a strong man, all these things. Yeah. Um, but what about the sort of portraying the character of Jesse Marcel? Um, does your perception of ufology sort of differ from what his were, or or do they marry up quite nicely? It's um, it, it's interesting because I mean I'd never heard of him when I got the part. So obviously, as an actor, you do your research before you go into any role. And the more I looked into it, the more I realised he's you know he's quite a big, a very important part of the whole of uh, the whole um, situation, being the first man on the scene. And always, you know, his entire life maintaining that this this definitely happened. No matter what the military told him to say, this this definitely happened. Um, and as you say, you know, he showed his son some of the debris as well, which again is, is one of the scenes in the uh, in the documentary. Um, so he's he's very important uh, in the whole thing. Um, and say so the more the more I sort of played into it, and the more. I learned more about him as we went on. You know what I mean? He, he seemed like a very, very honest man. I mean, people who know him would say he was kind and he was generous. He, he wasn't a liar. So um, I think just from getting to know him, you do you do start to sit and think, actually, is, is, there, is there something here? Do you know what I mean? He's the sort of man you would trust if he told you something. Mm. So I think I think... Yeah. The more I sort of looked into it, and the more I took part in the filming and things like that, the more I think I, I became more open to the, the possibility that this actually could have happened. Whereas before I may have been more mm. of a, uh, right. a, not a denier, but just someone who was sort of just not really letting that sort of thing enter into their conscience. Yeah. Mm, on on my, this show, mm, we call them a Neil. <laughs> And Obviously, Neil. have a dynamic work. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, my my experience of uh, my personal experience of um, intelligence officers 
officers is that they're a bunch of lying, wow, backstabbing bastards go. a lot of the yeah. time. So, you know, <laughs> it sounds like if someone wasn't really a bit of a fish out of water. You just, yeah, just from everything I, everything just I very, found out and, yeah. and having seen the, the documentary as well, um, obviously, I think without sounding too biased, the documentary as they go along, I think the the makers become sort of more and more convinced themselves as well, if you know what I mean. I think they've sort of come out at a standpoint that this definitely happened and we're going to prove it. Um, I don't think it's unfair to say that. Right. Um, but again, you know, he just seemed like such a genuine mm. man and all, all, you know, all sort of eyewitnesses and friends and things like that and uh, accounts. He just didn't seem the type to make something like that up. Mm. So it's, it's an interesting sort of angle. Okay. That's, that, that's, that's um, fair. Yeah, that, that sort of seeks nicely into my next question because this, this film is called um, Roswell, The Final mm. Verdict. Um, are you able to tell us what the final verdict is, or would that be a spoiler? Well, they call it the final verdict. Um, I'm not entirely convinced. It, there's still going to be hundreds more documentaries about Roswell, but I think the one that sets this one apart mm. is that they um, they use uh, an artificial intelligence lie detection system. Um, so they've taken mm. interview footage from uh, eyewitnesses and friends and family of eyewitnesses from the 70s, 80s, 90s, old footage, because obviously they're all they're no longer with us anymore. Um, they've taken footage and they've analysed facial movements, vocal tones, things like that, put it through this AI computer and determine whether what they're saying is true or false. Um, and uh, most of the time, right. most of the time, um, if it's not too much of a spoiler, it, it comes out true. But again, it's a computer, it's AI you can never be 100% sure if it's accurate or not. But they seem, all the experts on the program seem completely convinced that it's uh, that everyone's telling the truth. Um, and uh, all this definitely happened. But I think even if it came out false, I think they probably would have said that anyway, if I'm honest. Because I think all the experts that got on there... <laughs> yes, and if, if, if... They're definitely believers. Yeah, and if you genuinely wrongly believe something, well, that will come out as the truth yeah, as well. That, that if you genuinely well, you know, believe something it, happened so. 50 years ago and you remember it a certain way, you're going to believe that. You're going to believe that's the truth, if you know what I mean. So, it's, mm, again, yeah. they, they call it the final verdict. And it's very interesting. And no one's done it before. Um, it's, it is very interesting um, how, it, how it all works. And I see totally what they're trying to do with it. Absolutely what they're trying to do with it. Um, but I think, again, it's, mm. it's, it's but, really interesting to watch. And it actually... When I watched it back, it's very engaging. It does draw you in. It really does draw you in. You really want to know what this lie detector, for want of a better word, is going to yeah. is going to come out as when they when they show these clips. Um, so it does. It is a, an interesting take. Yeah. On it, a very interesting take on it. Absolutely. And and just for context, um, it was seventy four years ago. So yeah, not many of the protagonists are still going to be around. No, no. As I say, a lot of the footage they're using no. is from the seventies um, or the eighties, like the Jesse Marcel stuff. It's quite a famous sort of interview, hmm. um, but they, again, they've analysed all his sort of facial movements and, and, and tone of voice and things like that to determine whether he's tra- telling the truth or not. So hmm. it's a it's a it's a fresh new take. That's on an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we've discussed sort of lie detectors as they're incorrectly called um, on this show many times. Incorrectly, uh, but but, but um, almost uni- uniformly told. <laughs> we but have it, this it, argument every time. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, but the, let, let's get to it. Yeah, the, the, someone will stand up in a court and say a polygraph is not a lie detector, and then in the next breath they'll they'll, they'll call it a lie detector. So yes, it's, yes, so. It, exactly. It's, that's, that's it's such thing. common parlance that yeah, that, with with this with this sort of new take with it with the show, it, I, I st- it's still not answering questions definitively. I don't think, hmm. um, and I suspect the producers knew that was never really going to be the the outcome anyway. I think they're just trying to put a whole new spin on something that's been investigated over and over again. As you said, it's been proved and debunked so yeah. many times now. No one really knows what's what actually happened or what's you know, what the original facts were and, and things like that. It's all been sort of watered down over the years. So but it's um yeah, yeah. It's, it's and if you're talking to, to people about it so yeah. Yeah, and if you talk to people 30 years after the event, well, sometimes I find it an interesting exercise to watch a film, a movie that I haven't seen for a very long time mm. that I think I know quite well. But when I watch it, I think, oh, oh yeah, I didn't realise it happened like that. I thought you know, I had a different memory of the yeah. way things have played yeah. out. And, of course, 30 years on, I'm a different person to the person who watched it the first time. So, yeah, a gap of that long really does distort it things. It does, yeah, yeah, definitely. Indeed. And it, to be honest, it kind of answers my my next question, which is like obviously it's called the final verdict. So so I was going to ask like, is it is it really a final verdict? But I'll I'll alter the question slightly. Do you think down the road we're going to end up coming up with more knowledge, more information is going to come to light? Because the older it gets, the more of a cold case it becomes. Yes, I think it's, it's hard to say because obviously they're using all this AI AI, AI technology. But they're using it on footage which is now thirty, say thirty years old, maybe even fifty years old if it's from the seventies. Um, so they're not going to really find anything that hasn't already been said. I don't think, unless the American government suddenly goes, "Oh, here's all the files. This is what it really was. This is why we covered it up." I don't think anything's really <laughs> going to change. I think um, the the reason mm. that it all started is because uh, they just sent that press release out before actually. You know, I think they got a bit excited back in 1947, mm. sent a press release out saying, oh, look, we've got a flying mm. saucer. And then because they retracted <laughs> it two days later, that's where it all started. I think if they'd have just hung fire yes. and investigated properly, uh, no one would have heard of it. You know, if it was a cover-up, they'd have covered it up. And was that was that the first time the, the, the term flying saucer was used? Oh, that, I think you'd have to ask Stu that one. He's probably the expert on that. Yeah. No, fly, fly, flying saucer was in common parlance by that point, uh, but that was more observation of the way that um, UFOs or, or, or flying saucers uh, moved across the sky, and and it was actually used by a by a reporter to describe the skipping motion that it made, like if you were to skip a saucer across a lake of water. Mm. Um, it was describing the motion rather mm. than the shape, um, but it's been taken to. It's been abused yeah. and misused. I mean, there's, there's some of the eyewitnesses. <laughs> and, and then here we are with Roswell, with what appears yeah. to be a crashed saucer. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. It. Like the, some of the first eyewitnesses, because the, the, there were two crash sites. One was the one that Jesse Marcel was involved with, which is just debris. And then the other crash site, which apparently had mm. the uh, damaged flying saucer in it. And I think it was four alien bodies dotted around. Um, again, whether that's true or not, who knows? Um, but that, yeah, they, 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 the witnesses said it was a, it was a disc-shaped object, um, and you know the descriptions mm. of the, of the aliens seem to corroborate each other as well. Whether you know whether they just got that from, 
a, you know, a, a 1940s comic or whether they've spoken to each other somehow or they've heard the first description and decided that's an accurate one. Who knows? But it does seem to be the art, the, the, the stereotypical alien body and face that we all sort of are familiar with seems to stem from that from that incident. From what I can tell. The grey mm. alien, the yes. Gray. Yeah, with yes. a large head. Well, it's, and... it's really good to hear that they've... Mm. Yeah, it's amazing that they talk about both crash sites because I I have this thing whenever I start talking to people about Roswell um, and they say about the yeah. crash site. Yeah, they were two, a long way as, apart. As you very rightly saying, it's really good mm. to hear. They were, really were, uh, they were a hell of a way apart. Um, so yeah, so it's really good to hear that, that actually on this particular documentary they've yes, done their I mean, research because I mean, <laughs> there are so many out there. Yeah, that it haven't. wasn't even <laughs> near Roswell. Roswell was the army base that everything was brought back to, uh, you know, allegedly, which is why it's called the Roswell mm. incident. And nothing actually happened in Roswell other than the fact that they brought everything back there, allegedly. So, <laughs> to keep saying that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it was, I mean, yeah. my, my sort of thought has always been if it wasn't aliens, this far along in, uh, you know, in the future since it happened, why, why haven't they just said what it was? I know they tried a few years ago and no one sort of believed it um, with like anti-Russian spy balloons mm. or something like that. Um, but if yeah, why why has no official documents been released if it wasn't aliens? Why why have they still not saying anything about it? Why is Hangar 18 still somewhere that people can't go? What are they hiding? Which is a whole new conspiracy theory. Yeah. There's a whole new conspiracy mm, theory yeah. on the side. If it's not aliens, oh, yes. what what are they hiding in there? Mm. Mm. And it, it's hard to believe that anything they might have been working on on an air force base. 74 years ago, which was top secret mm. then, new technology then, it's unlikely that it will be top exactly. secret now. Um, and as, as, um, as or, Jesse Marcel himself said, uh, and they say in the documentary, he's an intelligence officer. If there's new materials or new technological mm. developments on the American side, Russian side, any other side, he'd probably know about it and he'd probably recognise it if he saw it. Mm. But he still mm. maintains and testifies. Well, he worked on yeah, this is stuff he's never seen before. Yeah, he, I mean, he worked on very cutting-edge technology. Yeah, yeah. He, he worked on the nuclear program, yeah. didn't he? Um, so, yeah, really, yeah, for him to say it's it's a, it's a flying saucer, I, yeah. It, it, I, I yeah, even to say, you know, this is, this is not mm. of this world, you know, that's it's a big statement, especially in those, I mean, the very paranoid days back then as well, very paranoid days, which I think probably didn't help mm. the situation either. That's it. Mm. Well, you know, given the threat of nuclear war then, and um, certainly post 9-11, you would think that uh, anything that came into US airspace that couldn't, that didn't or couldn't or wouldn't identify itself very clearly mm. would be immediately shot down. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. In which case, you know, the army would know about it. Yeah. They'd, they'd be the ones that, that shot it down if it was anything from anywhere else. They had radar and things yeah. like that in those days. You know, they were capable of detecting things like that. But when it when it came mm. down, no one seemed to know anything about it. So it's um, there's there's just there's so many well, arguments for and against. It, it can blow your mind. Yeah, it gets you too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Although I guess if it was something that was capable of evading their air defences and that they couldn't shoot mm. it down, that would be something they wouldn't want to admit to openly Again, straight yeah, away. On the, on, the, on the other side, it's... Yeah. But, 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 yeah, 74 years ago. It was you know, before the US Air Force was really using jets. I mean, they didn't really take on jet planes until they came up against Russian MiGs in mm. Korea. Some three years after yeah, this they, they incident, still, that's when they suddenly said, "Oh shit, we need." They were still jets. sort of um, work, you know, using uh, German jets, weren't they, to get the technology to to put in their own aircraft and things like that in yeah. 1947. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got all this information from watching the documentary, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess I guess the next question is it, yeah whose verdict is it is this is this an official government verdict their their last word on the subject at um, least for now I, I don't think no this is definitely definitely not sanctioned by the American government or the military I don't think this is um, probably uh, just a, an independent thing um, because I say it's it's the documentary seems very sort of weighted in favour of saying that everything actually happened. There's a big military cover-up. There, you know, mm. an alien spacecraft really did land. All the debris, you know, people really did see it. You know, people saw alien autopsies and, and alien bodies and things like that. So I don't think it's anything to do with the government. I don't think the government are overly, overly worried about it because if they were that worried, they would have, you know, they'd be clamping down much more on things like that. They wouldn't even let it see the, the light of day. But, um, I, yeah, I'm not sure who... Mm. Well, that's who an interesting angle on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I've argued on this podcast many times that that we as a society are being prepared and conditioned for acceptance of these things. So, so this is why I would argue that you know information gets drip fed to us mm. through through entertainment movies. You know, I mean, like you said earlier, you know, the Grey Alien is now. It, it's firmly established it's as simple, that's what aliens look like. Yeah. Well, it's only through media. Hmm. Um, doing that, that that's that's created that sort of conditioning yeah. with us. So, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. Like as you say, it is quite sort of almost anti-government, but they haven't censored it. They haven't not not as far as I'm aware. Taken a, a dim view of it. Not not as far as I'm aware. It's, it's still so, broadcasting. Yeah. Um, and it's you know everything I did, barring one scene, is is in there. And the the scene that didn't make it was a bit of a, a puffy Hollywood bit for the end anyway so that's probably why it's not there because it wasn't factually correct um it was just a nice sort of closing scene where jesse marcel goes into his office and they're all saying oh, that all the debris has been hidden away by the government but he opens his safe and there's just a tiny bit of debris in his safe that he's keeping for himself and things like that but that's there's no proof that actually happened so i think that's probably why that hit the cutting yeah, on the floor it was a nice little scene mm. though um so yeah i mean it's, it's it's still broadcasting no one appears to have censored anything on there um, I think the government, um, the American government, are more than happy to just let people go on believing what they want to believe at the moment. Now, while there's no, mm. there's no real reason for them to worry about it, I don't think. It's just, um, probably as far as that's concerned, it's just another bunch of conspiracy theorists. Mm. Well, and, uh, there is quite a bit of disclosure coming from the government about UFOs yeah. anyway at the moment, uh, they're releasing their own footage yes. of otherworldly craft. They're not calling it otherworldly yeah. craft. Unidentified, they just leave it there. You know, they're releasing it themselves. But there's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody's um, got telescopes. You know, you can you can track things so easily from a mobile phone these days. Everyone's got, well, not everyone, but people have got like um, 
apps that track aircraft and things like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's much harder to cover stuff like that these days. You know, 70 years ago, you were lucky if you had a wireless radio, you know, whereas now everybody's got all these sort of mm. different communication methods and, you, it, you know, you, it's much more difficult to cover things up. Well, listeners, that's all we have time for this week. Um, join us again next week for part two of our exciting interview with Marcus Churchill. Yeah, he got loads to talk about. And, uh, I mean, you know, we do our usual digression. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, of course we, we do, yes. We had a really, really good chat with him. And, uh, and yeah, well, I certainly found the stuff he, he had to say there very interesting. And, uh, and my goodness, the stuff he, he, he talks about in the second half of the interview is, um, well, it's worth, it's worth sticking around for and coming back mm. next week. Come back next week. Come back next week. Or I can say. Um, so yeah, so join us for that. In the meantime, keep watching those documentaries about Roswell and other UFO incidents and the skies. Take care for now. Bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.